0: Uh Uh-oh, I screwed that up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're running. Go. We're going. Hey, guys, it's Matt from Gentry Custom Knives, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast.
1: Hey guys, we are back here with another interview on the Work For It podcast. We had a little bit of a hairy start there. I, I totally hit the wrong button and then double clicked. Yeah, it, it is what it is, guys. But yeah, we're here with the one and only Matt Gentry from Gentry Customized, one hell of a guy. Matt, how in the hell are you?
0: Well, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm a little tired, uh, got a lot going on right now. So it's been crazy trying to keep up with everything, but hey, we're here, we're doing it, it's all good
1: great man i I know you're having a great time building this new construction yeah man, that's that's got to feel just really cool to be able to design up your own your own setup why don't you go ahead and tell us all about it well it's everybody's like wow that's exciting and the the level of
0: uh excitement I have right now for it is at about zero out of a hundred because it's so much work um you know we're doing everything ourselves so it's just it's a, I mean, it's not a huge house or anything, but if you just doing everything without a crew of guys, it just, every step takes so long. (laughs) So, um, I'm
1: sure you're saving a hell of a lot of money doing it yourself though.
0: Yeah. Right now. I mean, it's not only that, it's like people contractors and stuff like that right now are charging just like insane amounts of money. So if you can find somebody that does anything fair, you know it's just that it's not even so much about the money it's just finding somebody to do it it's uh it's a weird time to try to build a house and uh i'm learning that man it's just god only knows when that thing's going to be done man <laughs>
1: <laughs> hopefully before the snow flies i mean that that probably is only a couple months away at this point
0: yeah that's my goal so like right now um like i i did a youtube video on it uh basically when i first bought the piece of property and then when i started doing all the excavating um and you know i rented that big bulldozer and an excavator i did all kinds of stuff and that part was actually kind of fun um but now it's to the point where it's all framed um windows and doors are in and then like just for example when we were talking last night i was up on the roof getting down all that ice and water and the underlayment that goes underneath the roof and uh Everything about it though is just so much more time consuming. Like it's real easy when you talk to people and say, Yeah, I wanna get the, I'm gonna get the roof on, and then I'm gonna get it sided, and then I'm gonna get the soffit and the fascia on and all this stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, but each one of those steps is like, you know, two, three weeks worth of me being out there nonstop, you know. So
1: Yeah, normally when you have a crew of guys, it takes a couple days, but right. you are the guy. You're yeah. the one and only <laughs> <Exactly>. guy. <laughs> so exactly. everything takes weeks instead of days. Exactly. That's- so it's intense
0: it is it's um so uh, the
1: excitement
0: level you know i think the excitement will come you know maybe when it's done or i don't know i haven't felt any sort of uh excitement yet but um (laughs) i don't know man it's just it's there's nothing else you can do but just get it done and i think uh like this whole process that i'm working on right now i thought it was going to take one day and I'll, I'll finish it up today. It'll be the third or fourth day or whatever, but the pitch on this roof is really steep. That was like mm. the one thing with the house I wanted it to kind of look like, but not like a cabin, but I want, I like the look of that kind of tall, steep pitch, but okay. you know, you think about that, but then you don't actually think about the process of, you know, <laughs> sheeting it and putting a roof on it. And so I had so, to get all the, like, uh, uh, harnesses and everything, because you can't stand on the roof because it's too steep without a harness. At least for mm. me, I'm not a roofer. You know what I mean? I'm not even right. a construction guy. I don't know anything about it, but I know when you walk on that roof without a harness, it's it's, <laughs> it's a sketchy. little sketchy. Yeah, it's <laughs> sketchy, man.
1: Well, one nice thing about that super steep roof is, you know, the snow isn't going to stick to it nearly as bad. That's That's got to be kind of a I would a plus. think
0: so, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's definitely probably some benefits to it, Um, but I just did it for the looks kind of of it, really and truly. All I right. mean, when you go to pick out your trusses, you pick whatever pitch you want, and, and um, it's even a little steeper than what I had kind of imagined, which is cool. So I think when it's all said and done, it'll be really cool, but... Like I said the process of you know I haven't even started I'm doing all standing seam metal roof on it um, and I which I've never done anything like that before so it'll just be it'll be interesting you know <laughs> that's all it comes down to and it's kind of it's funny it's kind of like when I first started making knives it's like every step of the way you know you do something then you learn how to do it and you get better and better at it <laughs> but it's like with this as soon as i learn how to do it it's like i'm well I'm done with that step so <laughs> now that i learned that you know well this um,
1: makes it even just a little bit more scary because like think back to when you made your first knife like everyone's first knife looks really bad yeah i know i don't I want my that's house not looking the case like that. With your house
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out
1: man we'll find oh, out oh boy I love the fact that the last I I was over there, what was it? Probably six, seven months ago. And I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's snow on the ground. That's I mean, yeah. But when I saw these blueprints or the, the sketches that you guys were designing this house and now to see it coming to fruition, that is just a cool thing to see it go jump from the paper to yes, it is. You're you're just bulldozed and then you've got your your framing done. But Like, you can see the bones of it happening.
0: Yeah, that part of it is neat. I mean, it's cool. Um, Like, just right now, it's cool that I can, it's to the point where I can leave tools and stuff over there, lock the house up. I've got doors on it, and um, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, man, it's cool. Um, I try to step back and look at it in more of a positive way, not like just, like, this is a headache, but um, right now, that part, that's a
1: little difficult. How is the workflow between working on your house and keeping up with knife orders going?
0: Well, so like what I, what I'm trying to do is get up really early. Like I I used to do it before I did this full time. I think we've talked about this before, but I would get up at like five o'clock or whatever and go work until nine and then go into my normal job. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that's kind of how I'm treating it now, except for I'm getting up early and then I'm working, you know, until one, two o'clock and just really, really focusing and trying to get as much done as I can. And then, you know, eat a little lunch. And like last night, I was on the roof until 10 o'clock. So I think there's certain stages of this. Like right now, I'm really hustling to get this roof done because it's so annoying. Of course, as soon as we got it framed, the uh it rained like oh no you know it rained like three different times and so we're over there with push brooms like push brooming off the subfloor because it has standing water on it you know and it's so dude it's so discouraging because like you know two weeks ago I literally drove and I had to have two trailers to go pick up this subfloor and it was $3,600 just for the subfloor and then I'm seeing it, water standing on it and starting to bubble up and mm. I, I did plywood I didn't do OSB um, and it's just one of the most like discouraging things in the world to see oh, how <laughs> you know what I mean yeah um, so I don't know so long I guess I'm just trying to get this thing enclosed to where I can you know I I'm gonna get it all sided and stuff but I really want a roof on it and I really want Everything's sealed up to where I don't have to worry about when it rains, and mm. and then I can kind of mellow out a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: It's funny that you know all summer long we've had no rain and no rain up here in yeah. Michigan, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> as know. soon as you put on the subfloor, that's when we get the rain. You're, it's serious, <laughs> man, and
0: it uh, like so we it has a basement, so it's like the one day it rained, um, I went over there and I just like oh geez, what am I gonna find? You know and the whole basement had like three inches of standing water in it. And it was just, you know, what a discouraging feeling. And so we broomed it all out. And like I said, now that I've got it all wrapped, um, you know, we shouldn't really have much more water getting in it, which is good. But I mean, it's still, I'm still trying to get it dried out. Every time I go over there, we open up all the doors and windows and try to get it all, it's still damp, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just part of the deal, I guess. Everybody that builds a house has to deal with it. It's
1: just not too well short. the thing is is that everyone who builds a house you know they've built many many houses this is you putting it together all on your own for the first time learning those those lessons where you know most people they see that as, oh it's going to be fine no worries right. every single there there's nobody there to tell you it's fine it's all on you it's exactly it's nerve-wracking to the core yeah yeah it's a lot big investment and big man it's a lot but Yeah. So, (laughs) anyways, (laughs) not only are you building the house, are you also, I I know in the plans, I saw this new shop that you're working on. Is that also going up?
0: Yeah. So, right now, this is at least the plan. So, we're building this house. And for anybody that didn't see that first YouTube video I put up, um, I talked a little bit about it, but um, we are currently living in a different house that we own, and then we're working on this house. you know, and hopefully be able to move into this house before we sell the house we're living in. But then, you know, the problem is that transition to where I need a shop to work out of because like right now I work out of my two car garage in at my house now. So not only do I need a house to move into, I also need a shop to be able to work. And there can't be any downtime. You know what I mean? It's it's I'll have to transfer everything in a day and the next day get working again or else, you know, I'll have some problems. So right now I'm trying to figure that out. Um, And with how expensive everything is right now, I think what's gonna end up happening is I'm gonna set up a shop in the basement of this house because, so we built this, this has a full basement, uh, you know, which is a little over 2000 square foot basement with nine foot ceilings in it. And I think what I'm gonna do is section off because we don't need all of this room like at all right away um we definitely are building it to grow into you know and uh so i'm going to section off a spot in the basement that is pretty much the same size as my shop right now and um you know insulate it seal it off really good and be able to set up kind of a temporary shop at least this is what I'm thinking as of right now. Um,
1: I was going to say, as soon as you get your things down there and you start getting comfortable, that's going to be,
0: <laughs> Oh, I know it'll be it's... like, man, maybe we'll stay out here a little longer. You right. Know what I mean? oh, oh, well, I know. next
1: spring we'll move it out into the shop. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'm slammed with orders. How about later this summer? And then exactly. 20 years later, you're still working down there.
0: <laughs> and, you know, I, it's just, I'm taking it as it comes and I set it up to where there's a window in the section where I'll probably build the shop in the basement. So I'd like to insulate it really good to keep the sound down and get some really good ventilation in there and be able to really blow stuff out that window. And well, you know how it is. It's just so even if you have, um, you know, dust collection and all this stuff, having a shop in your house, I don't recommend to anybody. But um, it's one of those things that we've, I've talked about everything, man. I've tried, I've thought about building a little temporary, uh, shop, like a little, almost like a shed kind of thing. And because you can do that for relatively cheap. I mean, I priced out my, the shop I'm gonna build, um, which is a pretty big pole barn with a little offshoot that the shop is. And it's like $85,000 to get this built. Sure. And to, you know, which is a lot. And yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it
1: is. <laughs> if I can
0: just build a, like I said, if I could build a little shop for, you know, seven eight grand or something I could do that and but then I'm like you got to run electric to it you got to do this I'm like maybe I'll just kind of suffer a little bit put it in the basement and be able to do that transition um, a little smoother and then you know as soon as I'm as soon as we sell this house I'm going to start building the next shop but uh, you know it's just a lot of work. Oh, is what it comes down I guess
1: to. I didn't understand that. I thought you were building the house and the shop at the same time. I well, didn't realize that there you were going to have a interim period there.
0: Yeah. There's going to be just because we're not financing anything. It's going to be like, uh, we need them. We've got a lot of equity in this house we're in right now. So it'll cover once, you know, once we sell this house, it'll cover my next shop pretty easily. And then That's kind of my plan, at least, you know, and like I said, everything, who knows what'll happen because this won't be until, I feel like, let's see, what is it right now? It's August, October, December. You know, we should be able to move into this next house by spring is what I'm thinking. Okay. And then probably next year I'll be start building the, uh, the big barn. But like I said, I'll have probably three or four months of kind of, where I'll have to have a place to work. So that's my idea for right now, at least unless you have a better one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pull one out of my butt real quick. Just hit me just with a no. perfect idea. <laughs> 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 Man, that's that is so cool. I, I am just so impressed that you you are taking on such a large thing and just, you know, hey, I'm I'm going to do it myself because I can. You know, that's whether whether it's well, like go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you're fine. I I'm just sitting here, and it, I don't know why I'm torturing myself. I don't know. <laughs> not,
1: is it the gung ho or is it the masochism that you know is really pushing? Maybe you a little this? of
0: both, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've had this plan in my head for like since I met my wife. You know, and we've always, you know, just wanted to get a. You know, we're, it's not like some big house when you see it. It's a real simple ranch. Um, you know, just to have a place out in the country a little bit with some land and. That's been the goal. So now it's just coming to fruition and it's a uh, it's a lot of work. And I don't know if it like I don't have any sort of construction uh, background or anything <laughs> like. Really? I, no, no, like on
1: all of this with no construction background.
0: Right. Like I never I don't know if people <laughs> thought that like when I put stuff up in my stories, they see me doing whatever. And um, no, I, I've i never done any sort of construction or anything. I just uh, kind of like I said, figuring it out as I go, you know. So it is the masochism as well. Yeah, what we I'm just a to. fool, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, assumed well. that you had some sort of background. I but think at least that that's like what's building. happening.
0: Yeah, I think other people think that as well. And uh, no, I'm just not very smart, you know, I'm just.
1: Well, it's stuff. it's <laughs> impressive the level, because I have watched all the, the build videos that you've put out on this, on this new construction site. Yeah. It's impressive the the level that you're doing, especially now knowing that you have no background in it. That is, it's it's it deserves applause. It's it's really good, man.
0: Right on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so hey, changing changing the subject a little bit. Tell sure. me about your um. Tell me about your uh like show sale that you had the other day at the. Oh, sure. We can. I wanted to hear that. about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so just a couple of days ago I had a little art art show sale thing right in the middle of Mount Mount Pleasant downtown like old Mount Pleasant portion of it. Mm-hmm. Basically they they blocked off a couple blocks and you know we we were able to sell, set up tents and tables and sell to the public and Yeah, I sold, let's see, the first person I sold a bottle opener for $10. The next person I sold a bottle opener for for $10. And then the third person bought a thousand dollars worth of knives.
0: And was this anybody you knew or? No, none of them.
1: I didn't know anybody who came by the shop. So the the, guy that,
0: or the person that bought the knives, um, how did that deal come together?
1: well actually it was it was later on the day that he showed up i those were the only three sales that i made so if yeah. it wasn't for that thousand dollar knife sale that would have been a total bust but right um basically um it was a local guy who's retired and his wife came by earlier in the day and he stopped she stopped it was one of those like she a lot of people like would look at my stuff kind of give me the side eye and then stop and then come back hmm um, she, it was one, one of those where she was walking by and then she stopped and realized what was on my table and came back and talked to me and let me give her the spiel of, you know, I make them right down the road, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then she said, okay, I'm going to go get my husband and he's going to talk your ear off. he's like, okay, go, go and get him I'd love cool. to talk to him. And I sat there for probably 30, 45 minutes talking about every knife on the table with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, one of the f- the first one that they picked up is that cleaver that we heat that D2 cleaver that we heat treated. Oh, your shop. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, have you ever done any sort of shows like that?
0: Never. No, I never. never have. And that's why I was curious to kind of hear how it went. And I think it sounds to me like a lot of people that do them, they're either hit or miss, you know. And to me, I think that at least this is in my eyes. Okay. If you're doing something like that, one of those kind of local, Ooh, hang on one second.
1: second. Oh, did the internet go down for a second?
0: Uh, yeah, here, we're we'll fix it. We're good. So when you do those little shows, I feel like they're, it, this is correct me if I'm wrong with this. Okay. Like if you go out there and you set up a table and you have three, four $500 knives, I just feel like there's not enough people that are going to go and walk through one of those things that are going to throw down and make it worth your while. Like, it sounds like you hit the right, you hit a guy that it just worked out, which maybe that happens often. I I really don't know. But, um, what do
1: you think? I really think that it depends on the show. So if yeah. you go to just a regular art show where there's people who's selling, like the person next to us was selling fresh baked macaroons and around the corner, mm. they were selling like just basically a garage sale on a table. Um, so like if you, if you look around and people are selling things for, you know, between 20 and $50. Yeah. And then you have, you know, hundred two dollars knives, you know, you're probably not going to do well. I think the real thing that went well for me is I had a section of my knives that were just knives that I finished for customers that I was just displaying so Mm. that they can see what I can do for customs. And then I had the other half of my table were, you know, knives that I had finished that were up for sale. And I think the most expensive one was that cleaver. And then, you know, moving on down, I had a little nano neck knife cleaver that was like $75 just because it was made out of scraps. So I think you, you really need to have like a big range of things. And then I also made those little, um, keychain bottle openers that I had selling for between, you know, $5 for regular steel, $10 for scrap Damascus. Mm. And like, you know, those little sales are going to go a little bit better. Yeah. And then every once in a while you might just happen upon a knife fanatic. Right. Um, I think, that was probably the worst type of sale for for my products what you really need to look for look for is either the christmas sales because people are looking for christmas gifts and they'll be more you know ready to spend more and more and you know that's that's a little bit better or you know like gun shows or you know camping shows or like people who are already looking people basically if you're, if you're looking to spend a couple thousand dollars on guns, oh, Hey, that's a cool $300 knife. I'll pick that up too.
0: Absolutely. I agree completely. And that's why, I mean, I think people ask me all the time, like, oh, are you going to be at so-and-so knife show or so-and-so? And like, I mean, I've not, I've never in my life been to a knife show. I've never been to blade. I've never even, I've never done it. And, uh, it's something that I think I'd like to, I just, Every time I don't have any inventory to go, I'd go there and just stand there with like one knife, you know, and be like, well, what is this guy trying to do? You know, he's got one knife on a table. Come on.
1: Yeah, that's that was something that was difficult for me because my table looked very full because I had so many knives that I had just finished up in my last batch or I had gone into my leather guys and got the stuff that he oh was okay on. yeah yeah i and wondered I basically about just that cleared him out and be we like hey let me go and at least show them and i i probably gave out 250 cards
0: see so, and that might be that might be the whole thing is it's like yeah people might not be wanting to like come to spend two three four hundred bucks but now you've got that in them to where down the road oh i remember i met that guy and he was real cool you know and maybe maybe that's more what you uh Focus on with those kind of things. You know what I mean. If you have the time to go do them,
1: every single time someone said, "Oh, you know, my my buddy or my father or my brother is really into knives," I grab them a little stack of cards and like give it to him. Yeah, absolutely. Give, n- give this stack to him so he can give it to not only him but his his friends. So, yep. You know that I feel like those cards, like getting getting your name out there. It's it's more of a like. It's an advertisement more than you know yes you might have to spend like this one i spent uh 50 to sit at this table Mm -hmm. but you know you make one or two sales and you break even or you know you might get a custom sale in a month or two and that'll that'll more than make up for it
0: definitely definitely well cool i guess i'm glad that it actually did go good then that's awesome
1: yeah if it wasn't if it wasn't for that one retired guy it would have definitely felt a lot more of a failure but yeah (laughs) Oh cool. So what's going on in your shop because I know I know you've been just kicking out these gorgeous knives and you you've always put out really high class high level knives. But I've been looking at your TikToks and and you're really getting the art down of just doing like the the you know, one-handed showing off the knife, flipping it around, showing all the different angles and putting a really cool sound to it and it seems like you're putting out really high level stuff so what what do you have going on in your shop right now
0: well like it's just it's all customs you know um right now i'm working on you know i i do big like batches of customs so like what i do is i'll look at my order book and i'll go out like 20 knives or 25 knives and i'll I'll get all those 25 knives, like roughed out, um, cut out, heat treated, and then, and tempered, obviously, and that step done. And then, you know, every week, I'll grab out five or six of them and focus on five or six, you know, as far as let's get the grinding done, get the handles on shape the handles, because I found like I've tried it in different ways. And if I try to do like 20 at a time, where you're Sitting there and you're you're shaping twenty handles in a day, or then the next day you're hand sanding twenty handles, and you know that well, I got three done and I have seventeen more to do. Um, it is really monotonous, uh, so mm-hmm. I find grabbing five or six out of the batch, you know, starting on those. I try I, I try to get in a groove to where it's like you know Sunday I'm prepping, uh, you know, maybe I'm surface grinding those five or six knives. So then Monday you know, I, I get the bevels ground and I can start on, you know, maybe getting the stone wash finish done on them or getting the hand sanding done if it's a Damascus blade. And, uh, I just kind of try to get a workflow and I'm really weird. Like there's days that if something like just for example, this is really weird. Like I had, I had a customer that I said, Hey, I'm, I'm coming up on your order or whatever. And like we hadn't decided on what handles he wanted to do for it. He said, oh, wow, that's awesome. Um, You know, I've got whatever going on. Can I push it back a month until we get going on it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. But then it's like I look at my order book where I write every order down and I have one that's not finished and I have to move past it. Mm. And it like it's a weird it's a really weird mental block that I'm like failing. I'm like that knife is not done and
1: I'm moving past it. And so what and it's nothing. It's nothing to do with you. The customer specifically requested for you to kind of push it back. But oh, you have yeah, that that perfectionism in you that you need to have it done.
0: It's a horrible flaw, though. It's like it, because it <laughs> honestly messes with me, like mentally, like a like it just it's weird. I can't even explain it, how it like throws me off. You know what I mean? Um mm. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so that's pre- that's pretty much my workflow and like um right you know we did that co- that collab knife i don't know a month or two ago um i try to like in every batch of knives that i start on in heat treat i try to either put a new design in the batch or a side project in the batch so like for example i just finished up a. Uh, collaboration knife with my buddy uh brandon park with bp custom knives i'm not sure if you know him
1: i'll look him up right now
0: yeah he does really great work oh he's yeah he was in the build along challenge as well um oh i do and, follow him yeah and uh so i'm just working on i actually i just got it laser engraved yesterday then i've got to edit all the video together hopefully in the next couple days for that collaboration knife and then i've got that um I've got a customer that wanted a, like a custom K bar style knife. And that was another kind of little side project to where I had to build the prototype for it and make sure it's all cool. And then we're going to do kind of a high end K bar with Damascus and mammoth tusk and the whole (laughs) thing. But I wanted to, I, I don't know if you saw that K bar that I've been working on, you know, it's got, you know, the grind is really tricky on it because it's got that kind, it's not a scandy grind, but it's that low, really flat, clean grind. Mm, um, yeah. And I think that that's key to that design. I think you have to nail that grind or else it totally throws the whole thing off. So, so that project has been a little time consuming to where I've got, I, you know, there's three steps to grind that blade. You've got to get your bevels ground perfectly. Then you have to grind your fuller. Perfectly, then you have to grind your top swedge or whatever you want to call that top uh, portion perfectly, yeah. too. So um, I did it and it turned out like about 95% how I
1: wanted it. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. And knowing that you're the absolute perfectionist.
0: Well, just the. I, I'm going to put some pictures up. What is today? Today's Wednesday. I don't know when this will go out, but I'll have some pictures up in the next couple days of it. And, uh, Like I said, it all turned out good, but that fuller, there's a spot where the fuller's off just a little bit on one side that really messes with me a little bit. But Mm. like I said, this was a, just to really feel the knife in your, there's sometimes that you can draw a knife out and look at it and think it's going to be cool. And then when you actually have it in your hand, you're like, okay, I need to adjust this or adjust this a little bit. And I knew that I wanted to get comfortable with doing the grind on that knife before I do it you know,
1: with an expensive piece of Damascus. So, yes, absolutely. um, And I feel like that is something that whenever you're dealing with higher end materials, you should probably have done it at least once.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, or at least you better be really confident with what process you're going to be doing, you know? Sure. Um, And so that was that was something I've been tinkering with over the last couple weeks. And like I said, I just finished it up. And, uh, I got the Kydex done for it and I did a really gnarly stonewash blued finish on it just to give it like a really, I wanted it to be kind of like a rustic, uh, just rough looking knife and did my car to scales. It. And it actually, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So it'll this be interesting. Is the, I'm
1: looking at your Instagram right now. Is this the real with the, 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 it looks like a K bar, but it's got like a big bearded, like knuckle guard type yes, situation. That's it.
0: So. And I and that's the whole thing is I didn't want to just copy and build a K bar like and I told the guy that I said, listen, I mean, I'll make you one, but I'm going to make you one that at least has my little style traits to it a little bit. You know what I mean? This,
1: this is a great segue because I had I had texted you a couple days ago because I had a gentleman reach out to me and this is this has <laughs> never happened to me before. Yeah. But I had a gentleman reach out to me and, and ask me, Hey, could you make this knife for me? And he sent me a, a text of your knife, your yeah. mini muck. yep. And, and so I want to get your thought process. If, if a customer reaches out, have you ever had customers reach out to you and be like, Hey, can I have you make me this person's design?
0: Yes. Yes, they have. And, um, so in the past, I've done it a couple times to where I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Uh, but we're going to adjust some things. You know what I mean? I'm not at all going to copy somebody else's design. And, and it's it's hard now because um, there are so many people that make knives and there's only so many <laughs> shapes of knives. Right, no matter what you right. put out, somebody could say, oh, that looks a lot like this, you know? Sure. And there's some times where uh, people are right. And a lot of times it's like, well, yeah, it looks like a four inch bladed fixed blade, like everybody else's or whatever. (laughs) Um, but there's quite a few people that, uh, have knives. It's like, wow, that sure looks a lot like mine. But I, I mean, you just, I think you just have to take it for what it is. And however, that, that new design that I came up with the pocket muck, um, you know, it's a Nesmic design blade but I made it all really small and it has this really fat blade, which mm-hmm. really it's cool. And I, the I've had that designed where I wanted to make it for quite a while. But the problem is when you get that blade to where it's so fat, it's hard to do the kydex around it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I don't, you know, everything I do comes with kydex. I don't, I don't like outsourcing stuff. So, and I'm, I don't do <laughs> That's leather. the difference
1: between you and me, my man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, so I just, Took me a while to get that design from paper and make it. I had an idea it was going to be really popular just because it's unique and and people love something that they haven't seen before. But again, I just struggled because I didn't want to make this knife and not be able to make a good sheath for it. So well, you it's know, so
1: popular that th- people are out trying to outsource your entire knife process to little guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
0: and that's okay, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things. It's like I I get it. It's like what I'm doing now, it's <clears throat> the prices have gone up a lot and and I mean, I get it, but at the end of the day, that design, I mean, and I'm sure people could look at that design and say, oh yeah, it looks kind of like this or whatever, but sure, I've done a lot of research. I talked to a lot of people. I've I've never seen a knife like that one. And I think that's why A, it's been really, really popular uh, as far as orders go since I posted it. Um, And why I I told you, I said, somebody had just texted me that same day, the exact same question that you asked me. Right. Um, and, uh, so I think that's part of this whole game is you have to find, you have to stand out a little bit with what you're doing and you have to just push it a little bit and figure something out that not everybody else is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: To give you a little bit of resolution on this whole situation. I, I am, definitely never going to copy anybody's design, let alone a good buddy like you. Like, how how shitty would that ha- ha- be to basically take somebody's exact design and sell it as your own, right. unless it's a collaboration like we did the collaboration where, where we switched our designs and, you know, your video is out and, I'm waiting on my video still, but you know, <laughs> someday, someday. And then, um, you know, or like you did your build along, that was so over the top successful where everyone made the same design, but the, the caveat with that is nobody's selling them. They're keeping it for themselves.
0: Eh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Really?
1: People. Oh yeah. And it's Uh-oh. funny. It's like, I've, uh, there's a
0: few people that have sold them, which is fine. You know what I mean? I can't, it's fine. If you sell the build along knife, no problem. But I've seen a few people that have, you know, taken orders for them and stuff like Uh-oh. that. And then it's like, then it's kind of like, man, you know, mm. I, because I personally take orders for that scalpel design. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's my design. So right. I, you know, I didn't design it to be able to take orders for it. But if somebody wants one, I'll make them one. Um,
1: and mm. I don't know. That's a that's little a weird, right? Right. Yeah. I
0: think so too. And it's just like this pocket muck design. If I start seeing somebody that I know follows me and they start making a knife. That's like that, that I've never seen them make it. It honestly will bother me a little bit because of how, just because of how per, I think that design is unique. You know what I mean? It's not well,
1: like, I feel like there's, there's a cutoff where if they, if they design, or if they change it enough and they, you know, yes, the proportions are roughly the same, but they put on a different blade shape on it or they, a drastically different handle on it yeah there, there's a difference between straight up ripping somebody off and taking inspiration from somebody absolutely and absolutely some people just don't have that finesse in them <laughs> you I gotta finesse not. that line I, and and yeah.
0: again I'm sure there's probably ever like people could go and look at my knives and say oh that looks a lot like this guy's knife or whatever you know right. but I uh, I just think that to be to if you want to make knives successfully you're not going to be successful going out there and copying other people's designs. Um, if you, if you don't come up with your own stuff, people, you know, maybe you'll sell a few of them, whatever, but if you're not coming up with new stuff and you're not making it your own with your own style, you're not going to make it happen. You know what I mean?
1: I totally 100% agree with you on that. Um, going back to the build along that was so uber successful. I mean, tell, tell us a little bit of the backstory and how that thing came together. Well, it
0: started as just uh, something I wrote down as like I, I was doing weekly YouTube videos and I'm still trying to, but I'm slacking a little bit. Um, and it was just a, like a real simple idea I had to not even to not even having any sponsors or really anything involved. It was just something that more for new makers, they could make this real simple design with me. And I think I did three or four um, videos of the whole process, uh, really detailed. So if somebody had never made a knife before, they could have ordered this water jet blank, you know, they could have heat treated it at home really easily. Cause I think we did them in 1075. uh, just a real simple steal the heat
1: treat. If you have but, a fever and hold the thing up to your forehead and dunk it in some water, that it'll get heat hard. Treated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and basically
0: what happened is after I posted the first video, um, that was just showing, I think maybe I even just talked about the idea. I don't remember if I even had the design at that point. I decided to reach out to like, you know, a few of the companies that I was working with at the time or just companies that I buy product from um, just to see if anybody wanted to throw in a little prize. And it kind of just for whatever reason, um, all these companies just really wanted to be involved in it. And we got a bunch of really good prizes. I mean, we got full two by 72 grinders and uh, it just, which but, is insane. Yeah, it's insane. It really is. And so it turned into this real simple little YouTube content to uh this crazy. Th- I mean, I don't even remember how many people built the knife. Hundreds of people ended up yeah. building the knife um, and it really turned into something cool. Now, <clears throat> the reason I haven't done another one yet is A, because obviously I'm just like too, a little too busy right now to, to handle the situation again. Um, as far as it was a lot of work on my part, you know, dealing with all the sponsors and getting all the prizes and dealing with all the people. And it was, it was a lot of work. Um, but I'm definitely going to do it again. Uh, I just gotta adjust some things a little bit. I think, um, <laughs> maybe you know once, I
1: mean. <clears throat> maybe once you get into the house and you're, you're settled in and you feel like you, you're on top of things. Maybe yeah. then you can throw that back on top of yourself. So we're looking at maybe a year before we do another. You know, maybe we'll see what happens. I've already okay. got a design in mind for it. Ooh, just, do uh, you?
0: Yeah, I just but can but, we get uh, a little bit of a? Sneak oh, absolutely peek? not. I gotta keep Aww. I keep my cards close, buddy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Man. <laughs> but um, I just want it to go a little smoother and and get a, make it to where it's a little less work on my part because man, it was it was a lot of work. So, um. And I want to get a couple companies. I don't want it to be like a hundred companies that are in the spot. Like it was hectic talking with all these people and getting product here. And I want it to just be like one or two main companies that sponsor it. If, if I can get people to do it again, or just try to simplify it a little bit and figure out a way to make, um, make it all really fair because the whole thing people were complaining about was that, you know, I can't compete with the guy that is a full-time knife maker when I'm just a little hobbyist with the one by 30 grinder. And I'm like, yeah. I, I get it, but I mean, I don't know. So anyways, I got to come up with some more ideas and sit down and really figure out a way to make it more fair for the next time, I guess, for those kind of people. Cause that's the people that I want to win. If I've got a grinder up as the right, prize, right. the people that are really good at what they do, but they just maybe haven't, you know, don't have the funds or whatever to step up to a good grinder. Um, I think I don't know. Like I said, I think there's a lot of adjusting I'll do for the next one whenever that comes.
1: Well, like we said earlier, the first time you do something, it's probably not going to be the absolute perfect one ever. So you know, you've you got the first one, you you took your hard knocks and now you're you're finding the ways that you can make it better and I'm sure the next one's gonna be a hundred times better.
0: Hopefully, hopefully but it was fun. It was really fun how many people enjoyed that and how Just in the whole maker community, and I mean everybody talks about this all the time, but how all these companies pitched in hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. um, Just it it was really, it was really cool just to see how how good, especially the knife making community is. There's a couple bad eggs in it, um, of course, like everything. But with everything I've been in in my life, um, the amount of people in this community that are helpful and Mm -hmm. cool and would it's ama- it's amazing really
1: it really is 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 there someone you want to shout out in particular that's helped you out Is maybe if it was like just getting into knife making that that helped you and and uh really well took you honestly it's so many people like right like I've i'm trying out... to put you on the spot man come on no it's fine <laughs> i get it
0: i mean there's so many people that along the, the way of me doing this, you know, I've reached out to people that were way above my level, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and to be able to get responses from them and not just, not just like, yeah, dude, try this, like responses that are helpful. And actually, you know, from big people that took the time out of their day to look at the message, read it, think about it, and then send you a good response. I mean, there's a lot to say about that. I mean, and, and again, I'm not at all saying anything, but I try to do that too. Like I get I get 10 to 20 messages every day of knife makers that say, hey, I saw your handle video on YouTube for this. What do you recommend for, you know, this? And I, it's so time consuming, but I try to take the time to answer every message and just be cool because that's when I was getting started. And, and I still like, I don't know if you saw uh, the video I put up the other day uh of doing the elk antler process okay so the reason i haven't done antler is because if you cut into an antler it's all porous on the inside okay the majority of them okay are like porous and i've never fully understood like how do you how do you make this to where I'm confident selling it. Like, I mean, mm. I, I've stabilized material. I have all this, the pump and all the stuff to stabilize wood and stuff like that. But this is actually like to where you need to fill in the material. And so I, you know, I reached out to the shop manager at half face blades, which I'm sure you know about them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, they're the, they're pretty much, if you don't know who they are, they do more, I mean, they're probably the biggest custom knife making company around if, if, in my opinion, probably. I mean, they do incredible stuff. They do huge batch drops. They've got a huge crew of guys, but they're not doing like, they're not doing production. Like uh, everything's got the same handle. Let's drop a hundred of these. Everything they do is like, you know, segmented scales and really everything's cool. I, I still would consider them custom knives. And they do a lot of stuff with antler, So I, you know, just out of the blue, I'm like, listen, they do it. They're the best I know at producing this specific thing. So I shot him a message and I was blown away, but he got right back to me with a really long response um, and helped me out a ton with that process. And that's just, again, just how this community is 99% of the time, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, this community has always, always, always blown my mind away with just how open they are to help out other people. And, you know, one of my big joys right now is being able to help people. And whenever people message me, being able to like, oh, well, you know, try this process or, you know, you're doing really good on this, but, you know, maybe, maybe make sure you do this also, you know, because I was that person for the last, you know, well, I still am that person. I still Absolutely. ask, I still ask a lot, a lot of questions.
0: That's what I'm saying. I, that's exactly what I'm saying is like, I've done it forever and now I'm getting to the point where I've just done a lot of different stuff. So I have that experience of different things. So I'm answering people's questions, helping them. But still two weeks ago, I wasn't sure how to handle a situation. So I reached out to somebody that I know does it exactly. well and and they helped me, which again, you know, in some other uh situations people would look at that like well i'm not going to help him because then he's going to take business from me but for right. some reason i i just feel like in the knife making realm there's just enough to go around like yes. because a lot of these people that are buying knives um they're not they're not just buying knives from one person they're they want to have that variety from these different makers that they like and then they can look at it and compare stuff and see what they like and what they don't like so i think that that's what makes it a little different to where you're not fighting um you know the market you're just trying to make good product and sell it
1: and the people that are buying the knives are buying from everybody you know what yes, i mean I 100 agree with you like for instance that that guy who came by my booth and bought a thousand dollars worth of knives he, he happened to live around the block and he went back and he filled up a bag of knives and brought them down just because he was so excited to show all oh, the different wow. custom knives that he has because he's got this gigantic collection. Wow. And, cool. and like he, I mean, he's ex- a perfect example of what you're talking about because, you know, there are those people who are fanatics about knives that want one of everybody's, if not a couple from everybody. Yep. So my next segue, when are we going to see you try out for the, you know, the uh, journeyman Smith for the ABS? Well, because you you definitely have the quality down, you have the levels down, you've got everything. I feel like all you need to do is just, you know, jump through the hoops and you'd be there.
0: Yeah. So, well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I think that so I look at it right now. Um, I don't have the time to do it. Okay. So I am so focused on, you know, taking orders, getting orders done. um, And that whole process to where, like I said, I don't, I don't have a ton of extra time to be able to focus on something like that. And Mm. like, I want to, so I guess like, Probably my game plan is, and you see a lot of people that do this, that make knives. They say, oh, custom order books closed and all this stuff. And um, I think a lot of people, like, <laughs> get to where it's overwhelming. And, and I'm definitely, I'm way past the overwhelming stage. I don't know what comes after that. I'm way past the that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what my plan is, is once I have, once I have this, my shop built, Um, and I have it set up how I want it and and everything is clean and working and everything's the flow is right I'm gonna scale back how I'm doing stuff like I'm gonna scale back customs and I'm gonna probably push them out longer um, to be able to do more stuff like that because I don't know about you but when you do a batch of customs and say you're working on 10 customs, you, mm-hmm. you know, all the process, you you know, it's all stuff you've done before, maybe with a different handle. Um, you don't get a ton of not uh, happiness isn't the right word, but there's something that fulfillment. Yeah. Like there's, when you make a knife that is something that you haven't done before and you pull it off and you're like, wow, Like just, I mean, just, I guess for an example, this K bar kind of thing, like I've never tried anything like it with the fuller with that grind with the thing. And I, and I pulled it off. Like I said, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. It felt good. It was like, well, yeah, this is why I like making knives. You know what I
1: mean? Um, I feel that. I definitely feel that.
0: So I'd like to, I'd like to scale back on the customs a little bit as as far as just not putting as much pressure on the time frame that I put myself in to get them done and be able to do more stuff like what you're saying. Like take the time to try to do the journeyman Smith thing and and have the time to be able to have some people in for classes and stuff like that. Because I get I get people that ask me that all the time. Like if I run classes or if I do you know, blade making stuff where they can bring their buddy and make knives. And I'm going to set the next shop up to where I'll be able to do that. You know what I mean? I'll be able to have three or four people in for a day and we can make a knife. And I want to do that kind of stuff. I think that that, if you look at the whole big scheme of things, um, you know, I think that will just make me, you know, make me happy and just keep that. This hobby is just so cool because there's so many different elements of it um, that I haven't even scratched the surface. You know what I mean? On all the different processes and uh, you know, I'd love to get into making Damascus and just doing all that stuff. And right now just don't have the time to do it.
1: As with, with knife making, it seems like as soon as you feel like you've seen everything, there's a whole nother rabbit hole you haven't even, you know, tread upon. Absolutely. And you can fall down that thing for years.
0: That's what's cool about it. And that's what, I mean, I feel, I feel really lucky or fortunate or whatever you want to say that I'm able to do this every day and make it a job. And and I'm right now I'm just setting my life up to be able to do this until my hands don't work anymore, you know, (laughs) Um, and that's cool. It's really it's really a cool thing. Um, It's really a cool thing.
1: Well, Matt, I very much appreciate you joining uh, joining me on the podcast. Um, I know you're incredibly busy, guys, so I want to give you the space to get back to work. So I appreciate, man. You, I, man. I appreciate. Hey, wait! Before spending... we go, before oh, we sure, go, sure, sure. I want
0: to talk with you a little bit about um, like the the marketing and the social media aspect of of not just knife making, but making in general. Because if like if you take I know you work on this a lot and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. And I think people would like to hear about
1: it a little bit because. 1000% I, I've I, got, I, I would rather sit here for three hours talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do that, but I do. I do want to touch on this before we go
0: sure. um, because I get people that message me, not probably not every day, but I bet every other day and they'll say something along the lines of how, you know, how do I sell more knives? How do I promote my knives? How do I market my knives better? And, and I think they reach out to me because they see that I'm, I'm definitely making a lot and and moving a lot of knives. Um, so, but I don't have an answer for them. You know, I don't, I don't mm. have a do this, do this, do this, and you'll be good to go because there isn't one, you know, right, what I mean? exactly. there isn't an answer for that question, but, um, I think that a lot of people think that there is, I think that a lot of people think that, well, what's he doing that he figured out that I don't
1: have figured out, you know what I mean? Well, um, it's kind of like the question, you know, what's the perfect knife? Well, yeah. that 1000 for per- percent depends on what you're trying to do with it or who it's for because my even if you say what's the perfect camping knife my perfect camping knife is going to be totally different than yours then absolutely everybody else's is going to be a different perfect camping knife yep so you know I guess content is king the more the more stuff you can put out there and on the most social medias as you can get out there yes just I mean, make good stuff and put it out there, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yep that's it. That's pretty much it. And it's like, uh, I think people, there's people out there and I'm sure you see them that make knives um, and maybe they'll post a picture of a knife they did. And um, you can look at it and you can say, that's it's incredible. It's better than what I can do. It's like, wow, right. this is, but they have 400 followers. Uh, they post, you know, once every two weeks and they're not selling that many knives. And it's like, I, there's a lot of sales skills, I guess you'd call it involved in this process to where you, you know, if all you do is make really good knives, you're not going to be successful. <laughs> like you have to have the sales aspect down, the marketing right. aspect down.
1: And then if I can, if I can regurgitate some Brian house knowledge real quick, Yeah, it's, it's not the quality of knives that is going to sell the knife. It's the quality of the content and the, the connection you have with the people because people, people aren't buying a knife because they love Matt or love Matt Gentry's knives. They love them. They buy the knives because they love Matt Gentry. Matt puts himself out there and you see him on YouTube uh, videos where you have this presence and, you know, your, your stuff, you know, even in your descriptions, you describe it and you're, you know, you build a connection with your people and it's, it's not buying the knife. It's buying a part of you.
0: Absolutely. And people, and that's, that's true. You know, it's like, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, But it's like, just for example, I think it was, I don't know, a month or two ago, you were talking with, Brian about starting a TikTok, okay? And you're like, dude, you're already doing all this work. Right. Just put it on TikTok, okay?
1: Sure. And and, and I, it's not and only TikTok, it's it should be every single piece of social media or social media thing that pops up. The earlier the earlier you g- you get into something, the better yep. you're going to do.
0: Just do it. Exactly. And and I think a lot of people, especially knife makers, I think struggle with it because it's like I don't think we're wired to constantly be on social media and posting and you know what I mean? It's not social media and knife making. It's like, they don't go together. Do you know what I mean? Um, Partially as far because as, social
1: media likes to suppress knife making, but that's it, well, a whole nother.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. We can talk for hours about that. Um, but I think that like, so, when I, so I decided to do the TikTok thing too, for the exact same reason. I'm like, okay, well, this is TikTok. This is ridiculous. You know what I mean? What am I doing this for? Sure. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, let's do it. You're already making the reels. You're already making the content. And I guess that goes back to it. If you're not making and producing a ton of content, you're not going to reach a lot of people and you're probably not going to sell as many knives. It's like, there's, it's a, it's very, everything's relative unfortunately. And, and, uh, Social media is one of those things that it's like if you're not using it and you're not using it how it's supposed to be used, um, you're really, really missing out on a lot of business. And um, like, so I started that TikTok, and you know, I just would go and take a reel I'd already posted, repost it on that. And but this is just for an example, you know, I had that one reel or that one TikTok that got I don't even know how many views it got like not that many if you look at the whole scheme of things but like maybe 40,000 50,000 views whatever sure. it was. And the amount of you know and I the amount of messages and the amount of new subscribers to my website which is yeah. really important that's another thing to talk about but like people would see that they'd go to my website they check pricing and then the it all goes back to orders. So it's kind of like if you're not playing the, the game, which it is, it's, like a, it's a game, you're really missing out on sales. That's all it comes down to. If you're not doing all this stuff, if you're not staying relative and you're not posting constantly, you're missing out on sales.
1: I think that TikTok is very much like going to an art show and putting up a table. You know you're gonna have a thousand people walk by and like 99 percent of those people are just gonna scroll on by because it's not their thing but because of the law of large numbers because TikTok is just the right type of algorithm where it will you know you can have a video just you can have you can put up a hundred videos and all of them get like a hundred different people that watch it and doesn't really go anywhere and then every every once in a blue moon you'll get one that'll just skyrocket on you and because because tiktok still allows you to go out to the masses the law of large numbers means that even if that 0.001 percent of the people that are knife fanatics just happens to stumble across now all of a sudden you have a really big you know supporter or a hundred a couple thousand people who are just vaguely interested and want to watch your YouTube. And now they're they're moved over to your YouTube and now they're over on your Instagram. And exactly it's exactly because the sad part about it is Facebook and Instagram, your stuff never leaves your group of people like very rarely, like very rarely it does. And very rarely. Right. And if you're already producing these reels and you're already producing them, these, you know, 10 to 10 seconds to a minute to three minute pieces of content, why not throw them up on TikTok? Why not throw them up on literally whatever social media ever comes out? Yes. You know, you, you're shooting yourself in the foot, just not posting it. Because I right. never and know who might come across it.
0: Exactly. And everybody says the same thing. Well, I don't feel like doing that. Like, gosh, you get you're on there. You do it every day. Like and I'm like, yeah, I have posted every single day on Instagram for the last five years, pretty much. Yeah. And and that's how that's how i've been able to grow and that's how i'm able to do what i'm doing i mean that's it you know what i mean like i said i've never sold a knife at a at a booth i've never done anything like that it's all social media so um it's just very powerful and i think people people need to spend more time uh focused on that i think and i mean i'm not like gonna name any names or whatever but Uh, knife maker guy I know uh, got on this real bandwagon you know because they're pushing reels or paying you to put reels out and all this stuff and this guy he it got to the point where it was annoying how many reels he would put out like multiple reels a day and a lot of times they they're not even good they're just put putting content out there okay and over the last, I think I
1: might know who you're talking about.
0: You might, <laughs> you might. And I don't want it to, I'm not saying a bad or good sure. or whatever. He's playing the game. Um, and like, I, and I don't even remember what he was at. Maybe, maybe eight, nine, 10,000 followers. And then the other day I looked and he was at 27,000 followers right. on Instagram. Okay. And I looked back and I saw he had a couple reels, a couple of these reels get a
1: million views on him. And, and again, it, large, law of large number numbers, yeah. if a million people looks at it and only 0.001% likes your stuff enough to subscribe, that's still thousands and thousands of subscribers. It's huge
0: because so just for example, okay, when I put up, I think I put up a reel out of this new pocket muck design. Okay. It was one of the first ones I did. And for whatever reason, the reel got more views than what my normal one does, whether it be because people like that design more and more people looked at it, so then they pushed it a little more. But I think that reel on Instagram got like maybe about the same, like 50 or 60,000 views. Um, and out of that, I think in one day, or pretty much 48 hours, I got 16 orders for yeah. that
1: knife. Okay. And let me tell you how to like making that piece of content was a waste. Of, you know, how many times have you put out a piece of content and it only got like a hundred or 200 right. or a thousand views. Easier. And but... it seems like you're, you're put, you put, you know, five minutes into making and editing and putting the music behind and yep. you put it out and it goes nowhere. But then you get a hit and you get 16 orders and all of it's a all sudden that's, it. that's thousands of bucks in your pocket that you so don't I guess that's the whole thing is it's like, I watched
0: this guy and It got to where I'm like, okay, no, you know, this is ridiculous. He's multiple reels a day for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden I just was, well, another one popped up and I went and I looked at his account and I'm like 27,000 followers. You know how hard it is. Right. I just hit, I just hit 20,000 on Instagram and it was like, I mean, I've worked so hard to get there. And he was at 27,000. I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. He had like three reels get a million views on them. And, and I guess if you just put it in perspective, you see what a reel that hits 50,000 views does. If you have one that hits a million, it's huge. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. huge. So again, I think it's, you've got to put out the content. Just like Brian, just like Brian always says, put out content, whatever you're doing, it's content. Somebody will like it. And if not, whatever, but the next one, just keep doing it, keep pushing. And I think that's that's really all it comes down to is content is what it's all about.
1: Content, content, content. <laughs> hey man, I, I think, is this the time where I could start bringing in the music? You get this thing Absolutely, absolutely. I gotta get some work done today. Man. All right, man. Well, I truly appreciate you coming in and talking with me on the podcast, getting this interview down. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, Go to
0: my website, gentrycustomknives.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email through there or write through Instagram. I answer all the messages and get back with everybody as fast as I can. You texted me like I said last night, and I felt bad because I was up on the roof and I couldn't respond. Um, but I get back with everybody really fast. And uh, yeah, check me out Instagram. I'm all over the
1: place. Like we said, anywhere you go, you'll probably find me somewhere. Definitely follow his TikTok, guys. It's it's worth it for sure, guys. Everybody, go. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you, guys, for. For listening. This is Brian Cohn talking to Matt Gentry. Have a Thanks. great rest of your day. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, dude.